God, we want to thank you already for what you've been doing in this place. The way you've been encouraging us, you've been speaking to us, you've been um, calling us into a greater and deeper relationship with you. And Lord, I pray now for Andrew as he brings your word that your truth will just come, rest on our hearts and change our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and do whatever you want in this place. We're ready, we're listening, and we're hungry for more of you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have you ever been excited, inspired to do something and then got stuck? It's really exciting in the beginning, hey? It's like, wow, we are. Me and my two mates in Brisbane... I should have put a photo up of them. Um, we just used to hang out together and go up the coast for a surf, and we had a good idea this day. Actually, I had a good idea. I'm not sure it was a good idea. Um, a friend of mine at work, one of Sally's old, I don't know, if, it must have been like a 1960s, 69, 67 high-ace van. You know, like they'd do 80Ks flat out up the highway. Anyway... I think he wanted 150 bucks for it. And so we had a good idea, me and my two mates, that we'd buy this old van and we'd put it in my mate's dad's backyard and we'd do it up and that would be our surf wagon. It was a great vision. And we'd use it 80 k's up the highway to the Sunshine Coast and sleep in it with our surfboards and then get up the next morning and have a surf. And that was our, our vision. The vision was exciting. We purchased the van and we moved it to my mate's dad's backyard. It still drove. It was still just in Rego. I'm not sure finally what happened to the van. But I know the vision never came to a reality. Now, the price of that misled vision was small. I think, it might have, I think we all put in 50 bucks each to make the $150. So it cost us each $50 each. And a bit of space in my mate's backyard, mate, mate's dad, my mate's poor dad. I think he had to get rid of it in the end, probably got it towed away. And the disappointment around the realisation that we weren't really committed to the vision. Actually, I'm not sure the vision was God-inspired. And that's okay. That's okay, it's just a car. But what I want to talk about this morning is sometimes God gives us a vision. Sometimes God gives us a vision of who we can become in him, or what he can do through us. And I love Kate's um, perfect, spot on. Sometimes it looks like a can with no ring pull. pull. And we try to, oh, well, I, I, awesome. We're so excited about the can that we run off with it, forgetting we need a can opener. And although we're pretty sure the vision comes from God, when it gets tough, we doubt and we get stuck and everything can come to a grinding halt. Um, this morning I want to talk out of the book of Zechariah and God led me to this book a few, probably a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll read it, you know, and then it's one of those books, a bit like Revelation where it has horses and olive trees and pipes and it's like, seriously, what is this even about? And so I just started to study it. And I've studied bits of it before, um, but I tell you what, 
just, it's rich, and I want to share it this morning, and I'm only sharing on um, chapter 4 this morning, but it's about this guy, and the context of it all is, um, the Babylonians came and they got the Israel, Israelites and they, they, they smashed them. They smashed their city, they smashed the temple and they took them off to captivity in Babylon for 70 years. They were in captivity while their city was trashed. You know, you think of the pictures of Lebanon and Jerusalem at the moment. Like that kind of picture of they, they totaled the place and they were taken away to captivity. And then 70 years later, God says, it's time to go home. It's like, yeah, really? I mean, this is how enthusiastic the people were. 200,000 were taken into captivity. Only 50,000 50, were interested in going home. There's a bit of a lesson there for us too. They got comfortable in Babylon. You know, in the Bible, the Babylon, the word, is another picture for the world. Sometimes, friends, when we've taken into captivity, we get comfortable in Babylon. And God says it's time to come out of Babylon. It's time to come out of the world and come home And Jerusalem in those days represented the presence of God. And so the idea was God says, you need to rebuild the temple because that's where you guys understand my presence to be. And he said to this guy, Zerubbabel, and before you pay out on his name, it's pretty cool. This is what it means. Imagine this, if you get a vision from God and God come to rebuild the the temple and no one was interested. Everyone went and rebuilt their own homes. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? If you want to hear that story, read the book of Haggai, where everyone was all building their house and couldn't care less about God's. And God says, hey, you guys are all relaxed and having a great time, but what about my house? What about what I want to do in Jerusalem? What about what I want to do? And Zerubbabel started building, but because of the lack of interest, um, the whole thing came to a grinding halt. And I love it because Zerubbabel means um, the Lord remembers. How cool is that? How cool is it? And there's these weird pictures if you want to read chapter 1, 2, 3 of Zechariah. One of those pictures like a, I don't know what it is now, but it's had all, like seven eyes on it. And like, that's just weird. But what it symbolizes, see, we've got to know in the Bible and study it so we know which bits are meant to be literal and which bits are meant to be symbol, symbolism. Does that make sense? Otherwise we get weird. You know, some people try to think that Jesus dying on the cross was symbolism. No, friends, that was literal. And if that didn't happen, we're all in trouble. This is what I mean. We've got to know which is which. We've got to study the thing. And so, but it meant that God sees, right? And this morning, I want, him to know, want you to know that God sees your situation. And if God's given you a vision either to be more like him, to be a better person, to do something for him, and it's come to a grinding halt, he sees and he remembers. Is that okay? So that's all we want to talk about this morning. And so in chapter 4, Zechariah gets this vision of these two olive trees and some pipes coming out of the olive trees on this candelabra, which was like used to be in the temple with the lamps on it and all that thing. And it's weird. It's a cool picture, actually. He goes, what does that mean? And um, and so I want to talk really this morning about verse 6 and 7, which explains this vision of these two olive trees and the pipe and the whole thing. He said, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, the pipes, they used the olive oil in the temple to keep the lamps burning and as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the idea of the picture was because the pipes were coming from the trees that it's a consistent flow. 
You ever had friends that help you? Well, I mean, I think we're all like this. This is human nature, friends, so don't get disappointed in your human friends because our help can only be stop, start, stop, start, stop, start because we don't have a continuous flow of money, time, energy. But God does. And so the trees represent the flow of the oil is constant. It doesn't stop. It's always available. So when we run out of strength, He always has strength. He can always do something, even though we can't. And so what do you mean, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground, then he will bring out the capstone to the shouts, God bless it, God bless it. So I just want to unpack those two verses today and see what's in those for us. And it's all about getting the power to get unstuck. And so when we've got stuck and we feel we're stuck, and we say, God, I thought you were going to do this. But nothing's happening. How do we break out of that? Well, this is what these two verses is about. So if you're stuck this morning, my prayer is this morning that you'll find out how to get unstuck and get on with the vision and the passion that God gave to you to see it come to fruition. So my first point this morning is when doing God's work in our strength, we get stuck. There's no other option. We just, it, it can't end well because we don't have, lim- we have limited resources. We, we even have a limited, you know, God doesn't have a limit. God is not ADHD. He doesn't have a limited attention span, friends. I do sometimes. You know, I walk out of the bedroom to the kitchen and forget why I've gone there. But God doesn't. God doesn't forget. The only thing he forgets is our sins when we ask for forgiveness, praise God. And he chooses to forget that. So when doing God's work in our strength, we get stuck. So he said to me, this is a word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. So Zerubbabel was like the mayor. He was like the civic leader. He was kind of the, and there was no king. they just come back. There's just 50,000 of them and he's the leader. He's like the mayor. And you know what the mayor, if anything goes wrong, the mayor gets it. It's his fault. And so he carried the weight, the burden, to get things going. And as I've said, um, the work had started and stopped. I don't give you enough context in all that. Many of those who had come back had settled and they were worrying about their own house, like I said, and not the Lord's house. So the work just came to a grinding halt. And if you want to know how long, I think it was, I've got it here somewhere... It stalled for 17 years. How long have you been waiting for your vision to come to fruition? 17 years is a stinking long time in my world. And I'm, you know, I've been around for 50. And I still think 17 is a long time. How would Zerubbabel felt when they, they laid, like, he laid the foundation and 17 years later, the thing's still not built? You'd, I'd be discouraged. What have you been waiting for for six months, 12 months, five months, 17 years? That still hasn't come to fruition. And you're starting to go, well, did I hear God right? See, we start to doubt. Is this ever going to happen? Well, that was where Zerubbabel was at. He was discouraged. And I love this story because God, the eyes of the Lord, you know, saw his discouragement. His, his, His name means the Lord, I've not forgotten you. Yeah, when I was reading this the other week, I, that old song was around a few years ago, coming to my spirit. I'm just singing it. I am not forgotten. 
I am not forgotten. You know, when you're waiting for your promise and you feel like you've been forgotten and I'm just singing it to my own spirit. I am not forgotten. God knows my name. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you got to preach to yourself before you preach to other people. Is that right? I'm not, you're not forgotten either. This morning I want you to know you're not forgotten. God hasn't forgotten you. I think you need to hear that this morning. Because how easy, now listen, how easy is it for us to feel forgotten? Don't leave this room this morning and feel forgotten. Because the word here, these two little verses tell me that God doesn't forget us. Other people might, but God doesn't forget you. I want that to resonate. I want that to get in your spirit today by the Spirit of God. God has not forgotten you. He knows where you live. Just like that beautiful testimony we heard this morning. God sends people like Sean because he sees us and he remembers us. Let's just thank God in our spirits right now for those one and two and three people that he sends us at just the right time. A number of years ago, I heard the principle that was really helpful on it. Um, it's called the death of a vision. You ever heard that principle? It so helped me because it's where we quit, friends. And it's this season that Zerubbabel got in. And it happens to every vision, right? And I think it's the testing time. It's the time when God's testing our faith. Because in the, when we first get the vision, it's exciting. Like, this is awesome. Oh, God, yeah, let's go. And then I, I, we, we head off. And, and the whole thing, it's called the death of the vision. It just, you know, the momentum might, sometimes it gets hard. And sometimes, you know what, I think we even start with God. And then we get, it gets hard, and so we try to fix it ourselves. Because the Spirit of God is saying, yeah, I'm going to help you. I'm in this, but you need to wait. Who, who really does? I don't like the word wait. And God says it often. Read the Bible. Wait. And the danger when he says wait is that we don't. And then we encounter the death of a vision. And it's when we're most likely to quit because we go, oh, well, it mustn't have been God. And this is what happened to Zerubbabel, and it happens to many of us. We start well, but too often we head off in our own strength. Or we head off in God's strength and then start going into our own strength. And we, we just see how impossible it is and we quit. Everything comes to a screaming halt. So God sends a vision to the prophet Zechariah to share with Zerubbabel to remind him that he was never meant to attempt the task in his own strength. Whatever God's given you to do, you can't do it. You can't. Neither can I. And we're never meant to. Because God... Just wondering whether I should say this because it's probably inappropriate theology. But he's addicted to relationship. He's a relationship nut. You know? Yeah, expert. There's a better way to say it. Absolutely. So you know what? God could do it by himself, but he won't, because he wants to do it with you. That's why sometimes projects that should have happened last week don't happen for years. Should the temple have been built when it was started, absolutely. 
God was happy to wait 17 years so he could do it with Zerubbabel. See, sometimes we're waiting for God's friends. He's waiting for us. I always need to stop waiting for God and say, God, what's the next thing you want me to do? Second point this morning is when doing God's work and God's power, we get going. So things get going again. I could have said that in a million different ways. We get on with it. We get unstuck. But when we work in God's power. So this is a verse that may be familiar to you. It's a great verse. Not by might, nor by power. So not by my power, not by my strength, but by the Spirit of God, says the Lord Almighty. And this vision of the olive trees and the candle stand is a picture of this continuous flow of oil available to Zerubbabel and available to us. The power of the Spirit of God available to him to get the work done. And what I probably sort of said in the last point, there was still rubble. You know, when it, it says here about the, this, there's a pile. Must be another verse. But it talked about this, this, pile, this mountain shall be moved, right? And it's very possible that was a literal mountain. It, it was a pile of rubble that needed to be moved, that Zerubbabel couldn't move by himself. He needed the Spirit of God to motivate a whole bunch of people before that mountain of rubble was going to be moved. I mean, what's your mountain this morning that you can't move by yourself? Now, you need the Spirit of God to either bring some people alongside or just blow that thing out of the road by His Spirit or whatever it is. We all often have a mountain, and only God can move the mountain. We have this power available to us. We're never meant to do God's work or assignment in our own strength. God invites us to partner with him, and he always does. I love this. He always does the heavy lifting. You know what? Let's just be honest this morning. It's often our pride and arrogance that causes us to want to do the heavy lifting. Oh, I got it. I just, just only just come back to my memory now. This was so funny. I was at TAFE doing a pre-apprenticeship course when I was about 17, Right, and we had this little surfy guy there that was, you know, he's cool. You ask him, right? One of them. And we're doing the bricklaying week. We're doing the bricklaying week of our course, right? And he had this big, you know, and he's a little guy, and he had this big um, wheelbarrow full of concrete. And my mate went, "You're right." He goes, "Yeah, I got it." And boom! <laughs> Just fell over, and cement went everywhere. It's like, okay, he's got it. How often do we do that to God? I'm right. I'm right. No, you're not. I'm not. Let's just make a confession this morning. I'm not okay. I haven't got it. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay? I don't know what I'm doing. Actually, if you think I know how to run this church, you've been misled. You don't know me well enough. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I've been doing this for 20 years. And the, year, the time I think I know what I'm doing, I should quit. Does that make sense? Because that's when we shut the door on the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be humble, friends, and know we don't know what we're doing. You know, only God has the power, the wisdom to get the job done. I remember being, you know, I probably don't even need that illustration. Let's go to number three. When doing God's work and God's power, we finish well. Who likes to finish stuff? I suck at finishing things. That's why I need to be in relationship with God because anything that I finish, he's probably finished for me. I'm not good at finishing. How good is it? How frustrating is it when things don't get finished? 
Hey, God is a finisher, friends. I love that verse that Sandy shared the other week. He who started a good work in you. Hear it? He, God, His Spirit, who started a good work in you, will see it through to completion. Hallelujah. You know what I love about God? When I give up on myself, He's still committed to me. How good is that? Hey, the whole world can give up on me and I can give up on myself and God's still cheering for me. How good is that? I love this verse 7. It says, Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. When we rely on God's power, we see the vision come to reality and um, not only do things get going again, they get finished. And here Zachariah is saying, bring out the capstone. The capstone went on last in buildings in those days. I don't know whether it still does. But it was, a, that, again, the capstone. Bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it, is saying, hey, the thing's done. The job's finished. And so right here, you know, it took another six years to finish the thing. That's just with everyone actually working hard in those days. Okay? But six years before it was finished, here's Zechariah saying to Zerubbabel, it's going to get finished. We're going to get there. He started a good work in you. It's going to see it through to completion. It might be taking longer than you thought, but we're going to get there. It's a good word of encouragement. I love this picture. Today, as Tegan said, we're celebrating Pentecost. And um, I love the story of Peter. Man, what a flake. I can relate to that guy. He could not get his stuff in a pile. Could he? Like, I love it. You ever read that? Um, there's a thing you could probably Google it. Of, it's this funny thing about, you know, if a, um, like a consulting firm, had, Jesus had gone to a consulting firm to say, to do profiles on the disciples. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It shows you all their weaknesses. They're all flakes. Why does God choose us in our flakiness? Because he's the one. You know, and you know when I say flake, it doesn't mean we're not valuable. We're priceless to him. He just knows we don't have the resources without him to pull it off. But he loves us and he thinks we're awesome. I love my kids when they were born before they could do nothing. I, I, does that make sense? When, they, when I still love them. But I get really excited when they pack the dishwasher. But I loved them before they could pack the dishwasher. And God loves you before you can get out of your own road. How good is that? Hey? And when the wheelbarrow of cement falls over, he still loves you. How good is that? I hear too many people bash themselves up when they stuff up. Why do we do that, friends? God just says, Pick yourself up, I'm with you. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Actually, step back. Just take a step back. Release control. Stop trying to fix it. And watch what God can do. Just like Tracy said. You know, we just need to say, God, forgive me. Please get involved in this quickly. And he does. And bang, bang, bang. Bang, suddenly the mountain gets moved. Incredible. 
So here's Peter. He had a vision for the church, but it came to a screaming halt as well. He denied Christ. Imagine that. Peter goes, you know, Peter, not long before, saying, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I'm with you. I'm going to die for you. And then a couple of, you know, a couple of ladies around the fire say, weren't you with him? No, not me. He was intimidated by two or three people. And he quit. He sat down. He gave up. Actually, he went back to fishing. Interesting, isn't it? We go back to our old habits when we get stuck. If you're going back to the old habits lately, you're probably stuck. It's time to get unstuck. Time to let God do it instead of trying to do it yourself. But here's the great thing, right? John chapter 21, Jesus found Peter. Jesus found Peter. And he helped Peter reconnect with him. And he told Peter to go and wait, like we've heard this morning, go and wait in Jerusalem till the power comes. And here's Peter with the other 120 people in the upper room, praying, 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 waiting, praying. And then the power of God fell on those guys. And, you know, that day Peter wasn't intimidated by three people. He preached to 3,000 people. And they got saved. Peter couldn't even convince three people. He couldn't even stand up for Jesus with three people around the fire. But when the power of God got hold of him, he led. He was able to convince 3,000 people to follow Jesus. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? What vision has God given you? I think um, I've got a video I want us to watch. And, um, and the context of this video is I only heard it yesterday driving down to class on the freeway. And I heard it and, um, and it got me. It's just, uh, and you know, when I looked at the song, it's, it's actually been around for a few years, but I've never heard it before. I don't know whether Reem has only just started playing it, but it was a song I needed to hear yesterday. And so I want to share it with you, and, and the clip, I think, paints a bit of a picture as well of how God, you know, we're waiting, 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 and sometimes we think we're never going to get our breakthrough. Um, but we've got to remember that God's not forgotten us. And so enjoy this, sit with it. Um, and um, then I invite the band to come up after this. <laughs> 